This is Locked On Oilers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, everyone. Happy Tuesday to all of you out there. Hope you're enjoying your week thus far. It is the holiday season, and I hope it'll be a festive one for all of our listeners. Uh, If you're the Oilers, they gave you an early treat by knocking off the Dallas Stars to start off a quick two-game road swing. The team is already in St. Louis. It practiced today. We will go into the Oilers' locker room and hear from the players and head coach Dave Tippett following practice in St. Louis. More importantly, though, we will break down what we saw last night in Dallas, what was an impressive 2-1 victory to snap a four-game losing streak that saw the Oilers go 0-3-1, I guess, technically, or uh, in terms of the NHL, it's not a losing streak. The NHL classifies it as a winless streak. So the Oilers went four games without a win. They managed to pull it off, get their first victory since beating the LA Kings uh, during that four-game homestand. That was also a 2-1 victory last night. The Oilers, much like they did against the Kings, held on, except it was a much stronger Dallas Stars squad that they faced as opposed to the Kings team that they knocked off in their last victory. And I have to say, I was impressed with the way the Oilers came out in that game. You know, things weren't looking good. A lot of fans were saying this is the beginning of the end. Every time the Oilers seem to lose a game or two here or there, that's uh, a rhetoric we hear time and time again from some fans. And uh, I think it's the vocal minority, truth be told. I think the majority and those who are as passionate as the vocal ones, uh, tend to keep quiet and have silent faith in the club. And a lot of people worrying that the Oilers were going to begin their slide with over half a season to go and that they were not a playoff team and that they were not going to have a hope in heck of even making the postseason. And Ken Holland has to fix this team now. And what's he doing? The goaltending's awful. This and that. The defense needs to... Get rid of Adam Larson, people were saying. And Darnell Nurse isn't worth $6 million a year. Trade him. That's the type of text messages we were getting during that four-game winless skid. But now, all of a sudden, the Oilers head into action on Tuesday, tied with the Arizona Coyotes for first place in the Pacific Division. Keep in mind, Arizona does have a game in hand as the Coyotes take on the San Jose Sharks tonight in what will be Taylor Hall's debut with the Coyotes Hall wearing number 91 with his new club. Most people think he is purely a rental for the Coyotes. We will see how everything plays out. John Chayka today coming out and saying that he will wait till the season concludes before getting into contract talks with Taylor Hall. He wants the player to get acclimatize to his new surroundings and settle in with his new team and to focus on hockey. It was also made public that Hall did not receive any type of contract offer from Ray Shiro and the New Jersey Devils. Pierre Lebrun putting out a great piece today on the teams that he heard were in on Hall or at least inquired about Taylor Hall. A couple of interesting ones to note. The Calgary Flames looked into Taylor Hall. Of course, the Oilers definitely looked into Taylor Hall. Ken Holland not willing to part ways with uh, Philip Broberg or Evan Bouchard for that matter. So those were non-starters there and uh, willing to keep his first rounder as well or unwilling to part ways with his first rounder is a better way to put it. The Calgary Flames 
looked into Taylor Hall. So too did the Florida Panthers, the St. Louis Blues, the Colorado Avalanche had a peak as well. So Hall did get a lot of attention, and rightly so. The guy won an MVP two years ago. Yes, he's been hampered by injuries and has not scored at the clip that we're used to seeing from Taylor Hall, but he is indeed an excellent, elite National Hockey Leaguer in the prime of his career. And the next chapter in his storybook begins tonight as the Arizona Coyotes are in San Jose to take on the Sharks. I'll have my eyes on that one tonight, keeping tabs on what's going on there as it is a Pacific Division showdown. The Coyotes, like I mentioned, tied with the Oilers at 42 points. If you're wondering where the Sharks sit right now through 35 games, they're 16, 17, and 2, good for 34 points. They are six points back of Calgary, who currently has the second wild card spot in the West through 35 games. The Flames are 18, 13, and 4 on the season. The Golden Knights through 36 games, 18, 13, and 5 for 41 points. They're third in the Pacific Division. They are in action as well tonight. Calgary, by the way, welcoming the Pittsburgh Penguins to town. Pittsburgh will be here on Friday night. Vancouver welcomes the Montreal Canadiens to town tonight. The Habs will be in Edmonton on Saturday, so the Oilers going back-to-back this weekend when they return home from St. Louis to take on the Penguins Friday and the Habs on Saturday. That Saturday game is a 5 p.m. start, by the way, just like what we saw against the Toronto Maple Leafs last Saturday. The Golden Knights welcome the Minnesota Wild to town. So a lot of action when it comes to the Pacific Division tonight. Uh, By the way, Philadelphia takes on the Anaheim Ducks, but I think the Ducks at this point are a bit of a non-factor. So too are the LA Kings who are in Boston to take on the Bruins. Ilya Kovalchuk is now an outright free agent after being waived by the Kings. Some saying that the Bruins may be interested in him. Some people asking me if the Oilers should take a flyer on Kovalchuk. Absolutely not is my answer. Uh, If you want the Oilers to get slower and uh, less effective but have a guy who can still shoot the puck and can put up half a point a game, in power play situations, then okay, maybe. But when the Kings rolled through town a couple weeks ago, that last game that the Oilers had won prior to winning last night against the Stars, uh, those around the Kings, when I inquired about the Kovalchuk situation, just said, listen, Tom, he is basically done at the NHL level. He doesn't have it in the tank anymore. Can't keep up. The game has passed him by. He's 36 years old. No point. Uh, Move on. End of story. But, of course... We're seeing some interest in Ilya Kovalchuk. And if you ask me if he should go to Edmonton, I say no. But we'll see what happens. I don't think it'll happen. Uh, there's always people inquiring or wondering what's going on. And uh, some fans out there are just curious to know if that would be something of a fit for the Oilers. We all know Christmas is almost here. If you're looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays, go to breakingtea.com slash locked on. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams' passion moments. Great for all fans. Go to breakingtea.com slash locked on, and then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. When it comes to the Oilers and Stars last night, listen, I was... 
you know, very impressed with the way the Oilers came out in that game. Very strong first period. They opened up a two-goal lead, scored on the power play. I know Edmonton's power play has been top-notch this season. And keep in mind, though, the Stars' PK has been unbelievably good, especially on home ice. So the Oilers able to get one on the power play. Great play by Alex Chason over to Leon Dreisaitl behind the, the back pass to... Dreisaitl to give the Oilers a 2-0 lead. That was after Zach Cassian had opened up the scoring. Defensively, the Oilers were, I thought, really solid in that first period. What they did well is uh, the same thing that gave them success in October and November. Winning puck battles, uh, limiting Dallas to one-and-dones. Not a lot of opportunities off the rush for the Stars. Uh, Breakout passes were crisp. The wingers were getting pucks out. And... It, it was, by the time the Oilers got to the offensive zone blue line, they weren't turning it over, making cute little plays that were going back the other way because they turned it over at the blue line. We, they limited those things. They were getting pucks in deep. They were cycling. They were doing all of those structural, systematic things that had given them success in the first two months of the season. They clearly got away from that type of play in the last few weeks and, and thus led to a 2-6-1 record in their last nine. Um, but lo and behold, they're taking on one of the best teams in the league uh, of late, especially when you consider the Stars going into last night's game were 18-4-3 in their last 25 games prior to that loss. The Oilers played a hell of a game. And they continued that play in the second period. Same thing, no scoring in the second period, though, but pucks in deep, getting pucks out efficiently, limiting Dallas's chances off the rush, uh, winning the puck battles down low, getting those pucks out, not turning it over at your own blue line, not turning it over at the opposition's own blue line. And they carried with them a two-goal lead into the third period, which was eerily familiar to the two-goal lead that the Oilers held going into the third period at home against the Stars exactly one month prior on November 16th. And we witnessed the Oilers collapse. They sat back on that lead. Dallas managed to score a couple of goals, forced overtime, and in OT it was Jamie Benn who would pick up the winner and uh, send the Oilers and their fans home disappointed. Last night, not the case, though. Tyler Sagan would cut the Oilers' lead in half with just over three minutes left to play, and guess what? It came off of a Zach Cassian turnover at the wall, and uh, 15 seconds later, a couple of passes and... uh, uh, cycles later, it was in the back of the Oilers' net, and it made for very hairy final few minutes where the Oilers were down six on five, and uh, Miko Koskinen, rock solid, uh, made some outstanding saves, 34 saves total on the night on 35 shots. The Oilers were outshot five on five, 30 to 18. Koskinen stood tall. He was great. Uh, well-deserved victory there for the six foot seven Oilers. Netminder. Now, as for today, lines remained the same from last night. This is how the Oilers skated in St. Louis. It was Connor McDavid with Joachim Nygaard and Zach Cassian. Leon Dreisaitl had James Neal and Sam Gagne with him. And then we saw Ryan Nugent Hopkins centering Jujar Kara and Alex Chason, while Gaetan Haas today, though, was in the middle of Riley Shahan, who played on the left side, and Josh Archibald on the right. Last night, 
during the game. It was Shahan playing center and Haas on the left side. Defense remained the same. Clefbaum, Larson, Nurse, Bear, Russell, and Jones. We anticipate that it will be Miko Koskinen getting the nod in goal again tomorrow against the St. Louis Blues. Expect to see Mike Smith against either Pittsburgh or Montreal, depending on how Dave Tippett wants to go with that. But it is a back-to-back -back situation, and generally most coaches tend to switch up their goalies for back-to-backs. Uh, by the way, Connor McDavid... Two-point night last night. He has 59 points on the season, continues to lead the National Hockey League in scoring. 20 goals, 39 assists through 36 games. Dreisaitl, two points back of him. 21 goals, 36 assists. Dreisaitl with his goal last night has himself a four-game point streak. The next closest player to those two, well, to Dreisaitl, is Nathan McKinnon from the Avalanche. Through 33 games, he has 20 goals, 31 assists, 51 points. Brad Marchand next at 50 points, 18 goals, 32 assists through 34 games. Taking a quick look at the St. Louis Blues, the defending Stanley Cup champions continue to roll through 35 games. The Blues have a 21-8-6 record. That's good for 48 points, first place in the Western Conference and, of course, the Central Division. The Blues at home, 11-4-3 in their last 10 games. They are 7-3-0. St. Louis, by the way, are winners of three straight. So, very much like yesterday, the Oilers will be in tough. A very, very big challenge for them as they look to wrap up this two-game road swing with a positive uh, I think even if you get a point out of St. Louis, that would be a positive. Three out of four in St. Louis and Dallas is pretty darn good. Heading home for two in a row before wrapping up before the Christmas break on Monday when the Oilers will be in Vancouver. So the Oilers have four games remaining. They go St. Louis tomorrow. Pittsburgh at home Friday. Montreal at home Saturday in Vancouver on Monday. And then it's the three-day Christmas break. Let's go inside the Oilers locker room following practice in St. Louis today and hear from head coach Dave Tippett after his team knocked off the Dallas Stars 2-1 last night. Nico said uh, the last three minutes last night were the longest of his life. Where do they rank in your lifetime? Uh, no, not bad. You know, like there's different ways to look at it. We kept things to the outside other than and the one goal they got. It was They got a lucky break on because it hits Nursey and goes right back with the same guy, right? So... He's trying to go to back door to the other guy, so that's there. But that's that's one of those ones where you, you know, you look at it. I looked at it all today, and we were positionally pretty sound. You're, uh, you know, it's that that combination. You're trying to find like you got players like Connor and Drysaddle on there because if we do get the puck, they'll make a play. You know, it's that it's that, or do you have a guy in there that's just flip it around and block shots so you're trying to find that happy medium of how to shut it down but all in all Koski was real good we only like they had the one chance off the backboards there other than the goal but lots of kind of stuff around the outside not much inside so it was all right Dave after yesterday's win and and today at practice it seems like the vibe off some of the guys is that they're happy with the win yesterday they're happy that they got the four game slide ended but they're not satisfied. How important is that happy but not satisfied trait for a team that's looking to be great? Well, I talked about it last night. That, you know, the leadership understands what we're trying to do here. So, you know, we came in today, talked about getting a little bit of work done, a little bit of, 
pattern stuff. Understand that the players, you know, there's a, there's some fatigue from last night, but we're not going to. Uh, we're going to get some work done today, get some rest today, and get back at it tomorrow. So it's. Uh, they understand the process we're going through to become a, you know, a better team every day, and uh, I like the way they show up to work. And good win last night, but now we move on. Of course, it's not. I, oh, Why do you like the pairing of, of Oscar and, and Adam. Well, I like it. The last, the last few games here, they really played strong. Like Lars has really been. Uh, you watch how he plays below the goal line and in front of the net is real hard and heavy, and that's. Uh, He's getting up to speed where his puck work is is solid, but his defending is excellent, and that's that's we need right now. Like coming through that stretch where we've given up a lot of goals, we need people that are defend first and, and really hard defenders. And you get a team like that last night that's and they they uh, they're four lines deep and it's got some good size. And Clef and, and Lars last night, you look at the hard minutes they played. They played very well. Played very well. So. It was good to see Nursey and Bear bounce back a little bit in that game. So that top four played well for us last night, really well. So Dave, when you have a player like Adam, he's trying to catch up. you think he's caught up completely? Getting there, yeah, getting there. You see him play the minute he is now and, and how hard he is and how hard he is in the battles and, and how long he can stay in the battles, right? Those are, and his quickness to get to loose pucks, stuff like that. Those are all things that show him that he's getting his game just thinking and physically back to back to where it should be. Is he unusual for a Swedish defenseman in that he's more like a Jarmelson type who is never going to put up a whole pile of points, but you appreciate him as a coach? You know what, I have a great appreciation for a defenseman like that because I grew up a guy who played a long time in Hartford and Pittsburgh with Al Samuelson. And those guys are valuable on a team. They're, they're hard to play against. And... You know, they still have some, some puck skills that can get some plays made, but they compete in the trenches, and a lot of times that's where games are won and lost. Sorry, Dave, just going back to the last five games, uh, obviously you don't want to go on a four-game losing streak and you leave points on the board, but in hindsight, once the season is in its later stages, how important could a stretch like that be in terms of learning how to win and learning through the trenches in order to win later? Well, you, you learn from that some of that adversity. You know, you don't want adversity all the time, but you look back after and it brings light to some details that you got to make sure are in place. So... I like our way the guys have, you know, recognize there's some issues we've got to try to clean up and get better at. And uh, so anytime you go through adversity, it, it helps you in the long run. You don't like it when you're going through it, but later on it can be a, a tool you can use to make sure you push your team ahead. Is it three centers for good, or is you like the way it looked last night? It's read and react every day. It's good if we think we can win with it. And I mean, it's odd that that Nuge would get more minutes than the other two guys, but he killed penalties, so I guess that adds both up. Si both sides of the special teams, like the, yeah. we had six power plays there last yeah. night, one shortened one when we scored early, but that's where all three of them get big minutes in there. One player who doesn't see either is Cass, I guess. He was sitting for he, two. He, the yeah. first two periods, he wasn't playing much because yeah. it was all the penalties, yeah. and he's an, he's an even strength guy. Yeah, well, but he's played a little bit on the second unit, but depends how we're switching Neil and, and uh, Chase on on there, depending on what we got. So, but Cass has played well.
From Dave Tippett, let's go back inside the Oilers' locker room and hear from defenseman Adam Larson following the team's solid defensive performance last night in Dallas. No question, the Oilers will need to repeat that performance on Wednesday night when they take on the St. Louis Blues to wrap up this brief two-game homestand. Do you think in your own mind you've caught up, though, from being away for so long? Yeah, I've been feeling good for, for a, quite some time now, so it's... Uh, <laughs> I feel up to speed, my buddy. I don't know. I guess it's we're communicating a lot. We're talking on and off the ice, and I don't know. It just seems to work since day one. Obviously, we had our our up and downs too, but right now we're feeling pretty good about our game. I uh, just wanted to get a comment on yesterday's win and how important a win like that was in terms of snapping a four-game losing streak, but doing it with a complete effort. Yeah, um, I think that was a perfect win to, to snap that losing streak. Um, just the way we played, with everybody played solid defensively, and um, it was a gritty and hard game to play, so it was, um, it was a great win for us. As a hockey player and as a team, what do you learn when you're going through a tough stretch where things may not be going your way in terms of results? What, what, what are some of the things and what does that process look like? Um, I mean, we're, we're going into every game trying to win. Uh, some games it doesn't work out, but I mean, looking, looking at yesterday, I felt like we did the little things right and that's what kind of cost us games too so um, we just every game it seems like we're, when we're playing solid defensively we're, we tend to win the game so it's uh, I think that's a recipe we have to continue. You talked about the little things does that really speak to the parity of this league that any team can come out on every night and really bring it to you? Yeah I mean every team got top players skilled players that can cost you a game so I mean, even yesterday we scored the first goal that which is which is huge in this league. So it's uh, something you have to go for. Um, I don't know what the statistics are, but scoring the first goal makes you have a really good chance of winning the game. So it's um, something we talked about, and it's yesterday worked. And uh, the a lot of the talk heading into yesterday was about how the team feels like they've been chasing the games a little bit more because you weren't getting that first goal that you were just talking about. What's the difference in, in terms of mindset when you're chasing the game? Is it more exhausting? Uh, is it just a little, a little tougher you are mentally and physically trying to claw back into a game? Well, I mean, it's still... We have got scored on pretty early in the games, and it's still a lot of hockey after that, so I wouldn't say... Just that first goal is costing us games, but obviously they're they get some momentum. I I think the starts hasn't been an issue for us. First couple shifts we've been playing pretty good, but then just one bounce or one breakdown is costing us goal. And throughout that four losing four game losing streak, it seems to be. Same thing every game. So yesterday was nice to have that steady, solid defensive game. So I think that's see that works and should continue that. And as a group and as a collective, how much 
does having the league's best power play in your back pocket really help you guys in terms of knowing that you guys have that weapon if you guys are given the opportunity and usually make good on it? Yeah, um, I mean, like you said, it is a weapon to have those those players on your on your unit. And um, but I mean, we can't rely on power play or those those guys every single night. Um, yesterday, I thought everybody came together and did their part, and that's why we're seeing the end result. is It's a good one. Thanks, that was defenseman Adam Larson, who was talking to the media following practice in St. Louis today. The Oilers and Blues go toe-to-toe -to -toe Wednesday night, 6.30 p.m. Puck drop, mountain time locally here in Edmonton. This day in hockey history, December 17, 1983, in his 352nd career National Hockey League game, Edmonton's Wayne Gretzky scored a goal and added five assists to reach the 500 assist mark and the 800 career point mark in his NHL career. The Oilers won the game 8-1 over the visiting Quebec Nordiques. That does it for this edition of Locked On Oilers. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back tomorrow as the Oilers take on the Blues. Have a great night, everyone.